Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Welcome to all you folks online. We appreciate you being here with us. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we're just so thankful. We're so thankful, Father God. This season of Thanksgiving, Lord, that we have set aside to honor you, Father God, that we truly are thankful for all that you've done for us, Father God, all that you've made for us, Father God, all that you have, Father. We're so thankful for last night. Oh, we're so thankful for today. We're so thankful to see what you've got coming for us, Father, in Jesus' name. We just give you the praise and the glory this morning. We thank you, Father God, that you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and you give us utterance by the Holy Ghost. And we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So our, our scripture that we're using for this month, Second Chronicles 5.13, which goes really well with what happened last night when we were talking about it. It came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So today, last week I was talking about Thanksgiving this week I'm talking about how Thanksgiving brings joy. The interesting thing about joy, I was trying to work through joy and happiness, right? Because a lot of people are, can be happy, but they don't necessarily have joy. You know, happy can come to the gravest of sinners, but there's no joy. And joy is so important. I got to looking at this the other day. I was, I was thinking about, you know, I could be unhappy with my wife, but that's for a moment. Because I'll be happy with her again. But see, it's fleeting. It's light. My joy with her is deep. It's that love that I choose to give her. It comes out of a deep joy that's in my heart. And out of that, that comes from a thanksgiving for what God has given me in her. She's just a blessing to me. That's what she's supposed to be, and I'm supposed to be a blessing unto her. And so out of that joy, I was looking at Proverbs 17, verse 22. And what is joy like? Well, it says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. Have you ever noticed when you're unhappy with somebody, you know, you're, um, you just feel bad? You know, you, you have kind of a righteous indignation or whatever because things aren't going your way and you just kind of, and then you just, it, it's in here. This is the part I've really noticed. It. It, it's in here. It's not up here. If I'm unhappy with somebody, I'm feeling it here. And it, it dries me up. The Amplified says, a happy heart is good medicine. And a cheerful mind works healing. 
but a broken spirit dries up the bones. And the message says, a cheerful disposition is good for your health. Gloom and doom leave you bone tired. (laughs) (laughs) So what is joy? So I was looking this up in the Hebrew, and there's a couple different uh, versions of what joy is. It's a noun. One of the words is simcha. It means pleasure or mirth. There is kedva, which means rejoicing. And there's kara, calm, cheerfulness. I was looking at that, you know. Some, we, we oftentimes look at joy. When we're in Thanksgiving, sometimes we, we're giving thanks and we're in this happy place and this joy. But sometimes there's a calm cheerfulness about it. You know, where you're just in this place. And it doesn't make, you know, it's kind of like when Jesus was in the back of the boat. The seas and all this was going on. What was he doing? Sleeping. He was calm. And when he got up, what did he do? The Greek actually says he didn't like speak to that, you nasty wind, you quit. He just said, shh. And it went like glass. Calm cheerfulness. So in James 1, 2, speaking of this, it says, consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. That joyful is kara. Be calm. Be calm. Be cheerful. You know, last night, I was, this was going through my mind this morning, and so it's not in my notes, and I'm trying to make it all make sense, but last night, as pastor was up here and praying, and the, and, and the people were praying with him and entering into that place, and we were moving into that upper level, that newer level, for those of you that were here, there was a heaviness, not a bad heaviness. It was a joyful, he- joyful, joy is weighty. It's weighty. And it's heavy, but it's not a bad heavy. You know, it's kind of like, uh, how many of you have weighted blankets? You know, you put those on and they just kind of cozy you up a little bit. That's what that was like last night. There was just a joy, a joy that was being heavy. And it was good. And we could see the, you could see how the pastor was praying things out and people were praying around him, breaking through that level. You know, and people weren't getting giddy. There was nobody laughing and shouting because it was a heavy, somber time. It was a good time. Now, happy, which is makarizo in the Greek, is say esteemed, blessed, or count happy. It's Escher, an interjection of a feeling, or Asher, call blessed or relieved. You know, the, this is why I was thinking between joy and happy, because sometimes we mistake the two. I feel happy. I'm here right now, and I feel happy. But why do I feel happy? I just do. But what is the joy that that happiness comes from? It's where I am in Christ. It's being thankful. 
being thankful takes humbling oneself. I've, I've had a hard time with humbling myself. I never really considered myself a proud person, but never mind. <laughs> but you can be proud about different things, you know? You can, you can take pride in things that, that aren't necessary, and, and, and then you don't get thankful. I was looking at this as last night, and I was thinking about this. I am so thankful that we prayed through. I'm so thankful where we've been because of where we're going. I am so thankful where this is taking us. Um, it was just, it was, <laughs> you know, last night really messed me up when I was getting this thing ready. <laughs> but, um, so I was trying to put all this together, and there's a guy named William A. Ward, an author, and he wrote, says, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. You know, so that's, where's your joy? Well, I got this present for you. Good luck trying to get it. It's just sitting here. In Deuteronomy 33:29, Deuteronomy 33:29 in the Amplified, it says, "Happy are you, O Israel, and blessing is yours. Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord? The shield of your help, the sword that exalts you. Your enemies shall come fawning and cringing and submit feigned obedience to you, and you shall march on their high places. Happy are you. Psalm 92.1 says, It is good and delightful thing to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises of musical accompaniment to your name, O Most High. So I was looking at that, and then I had, I was going down a different path, and the Lord showed me a different way to go. So, I'm not going to go to all these scriptures, but if you look at Exodus 15, 16, and 17, you're going to see the people of Israel. So, they're coming out of Egypt, and they're all pretty happy, right? They have just plundered Egypt. They have gold, they have jewels, they have fine linen, they've got food, everything they want. They walked out with their herds and their flocks, and then they got up against the Red Sea. Moses, why did you bring us out here to die? Couldn't we have just died in Egypt? How long did their happiness last? Where was their joy? So the seas parted. They go across on dry ground. They get on the other side, and they see the armies of, of Egypt covered in the waters, and they saw the dead on the shores. And they danced. Happy are we. Oh, you have plundered the horse and rider thrown into the sea. Yeah, you <laughs> saw the song going right there. <laughs> well, the horse and the rider's tossed into the sea. And then they get marching out there. Oh, we got water here. This water's bad. Moses, why did you bring us out here to die? So he got fresh water for him by throwing a stick into the water in Mara. Oh, we're happy. We're happy. So they're marching out there. Moses, why did you bring us out here to die of starvation? There's manna. 
and quail. Now, don't take too much. Take what you need for your family. Give to those that couldn't pick up. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'll just save some tomorrow so I can sleep in. (laughs) It's stank. Worms. Moses. Moses up there saying, you stiff-necked people. (laughs) You know, we're so often like that. I have to, I am so often like that. I can be moved and not let the joy of the Lord come through. You know, these people were out there. They had been delivered from 430 years of bondage and they wanted to go back and make bricks. You know, too often we as Christians come into a place. I was just talking to Pastor Sean just before I got up here. 20 years, 20 years before last night, 20 years before this happened, where was the time when he could have said, I ain't happy in this anymore? Christians do that. Last night, um, um, she was speaking about, Leanne was speaking about uh, churches that God never ordained but people are making them up on their own. Now, when Luann and I got born again, the pastor, and I told you about this last week, the pastor there, we we got born again, and we had to go home. We couldn't go for the next morning's meeting. So we went home. We told all our friends about what had happened to us. We were excited. We were happy. The joy of the Lord. That was where I first felt tangible healing. I mean, tendonitis, and I felt that fire of God move down my arm. Now, the interesting thing was, the healing wasn't instantaneous. I went to work, and my arm still hurt. And it hurt bad. And I was complaining to my wife one day about it. She says, I know, I felt that. And she says, well, why don't you just stop whining? <laughs> you can see why I love her. <laughs> She said, why don't you just quit whining and be thankful? By the time I, you know, I got a hold of that and I started, yeah, you're right. Father, thank you for healing my arm. Within a week, I've not had a problem since. But I was letting disappointment in. But anyway, she was talking about this and this pastor, this evangelist, said he felt called to go into a television ministry. Well, the next year we went back because we were so impressed with this guy. We brought our friends with us. So we went through that whole thing. They got born again. It was awesome. They said the salvation prayer. They went up front and they came back and we all went the next morning to hear what he had for us. He spent an hour and a half. I know there's somebody out here who's got $1,000 to give. There's probably some here that's got $5,000 to give. And I'm going to stay right here till I see that person that's got that $5,000. So their experience, when they left, I want nothing to do with that. Now that preacher went on to get a television show. And as you heard me talk last week, this building is almost paid for. Has there ever been any pressure put on anybody to give? 
but God has moved through you, right? And you've been blessed, right? Well, anyway, he got this television show, and I think it was right after about the first show, at the end of every show, and they were, I mean, he was giving the message, he was giving a good word. But after the end of every show, you know, if you folks don't give money, we're going to go down. We can't keep this thing running if you don't give us money. There's people out there that got thousands of dollars that they can give to this so we can keep this program running. It failed. Because it just wasn't trusting God. There are places that we're supposed to be. And I was looking at this (laughs) I was thinking about this. So Israel gets to the promised land. They finally make it. They sent over the spies. They came back. They had 10 with an evil report, two with a good report. They went with the 10. And then God says, okay, get back out in the desert. Oh, no, God, we're going to go out there and we're going to take this place on our own. And what happened to them? They were routed, and they came out. <laughs> it just, and, you know, and before that, what, what is Moses? He's up on the mountain. They see the glory of God. Hey, can you imagine? You know, we've talked, we talked about how the cloud filled the place, how Leanne talked about how the glory of the Lord came through the doors into a place. They're seeing it up there. You know, that's really cool. Let's build a golden calf. And maybe he'll take us back to Egypt. They had no joy. They had no depth. They were moved by happy, unhappy, happy, unhappy. There was no thankfulness in them. They were thankful for the moment, but then when trouble came, they didn't say, Father, I thank you for what you did here because I know you did that. You're going to do this, and we're going to be successful. There was no thankfulness in them. There was no joy in them. And so they were crushed and I got to thinking about this as Caleb and, and uh, Joshua were going back out into the desert with these guys. You know, and they said there's like 600,000 men. And then plus, it says 600,000 men plus women and children. Some had died in that battle. Some had been swallowed up by the earth. And they're going out there. They're walking along and they're kind of looking. And it says, another one dropped. Five, 500,484 to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's what they were doing. I might have been. (laughs) I might have had my abacus. Click. Click. But you know, Joshua and Caleb stayed faithful to Moses. They kept that thankfulness and joy in their heart as they went out into that desert and they served God and they saw that faithless generation die in the desert and that new generation came up and they went back and they took it. You know what Caleb said to Joshua? He says, you know, I'm 80-some years old, but I've got the vitality of my youth. I carry my sword. Give me the mountains where the giants live. There's some joy and thankfulness there. They saw some things. Because he knew when if he went up there, he was going to take that mountain. We're taking a mountain. We're taking mountains. Praise God. Where that came from, but praise God. Um, 
but they went up in joy. You know, the scripture says the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, I can imagine Caleb sitting there sharpening up that sword. Yeah, <laughs> those mountains are mine. Those mountains, you know where the joy of the Lord and the thankfulness will take you? They'll take you into the future. I'm going up there. I'm going up there. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if there's giants in the land. I'm going up there. And Caleb was sharpening that sword. And he went and he took it. He took it. So let's look at Joshua. Kingdoms fell before him. God blessed him. He moved. And God made this one request. Don't make covenant with anybody in this land. So he's sitting there and he meets the Gadites or whatever they were. They come up to him and they said, you know, we're from a far away place. Why don't you make covenant with us? Because we're just poor. And they dressed themselves sorely. They looked ugly. They, everything was skinny. And you know, Joshua didn't look back with thankfulness and joy and say, you know, God told me not to do this. I think you guys best just get out of my camp. He took it upon himself. Do you see a little pride coming in here? Well, you know, it's probably a good idea. We can make covenant with you. You're not much. You know, you're not going to bother us. Then he found out he was lied to. Made covenant with people there. The interesting thing is, over time, you know, those people became servants of Israel. And their nation died out to nothing. But because he made that covenant with them, what came into Israel? They brought their gods. They brought their ways. And you began to see something begin to happen in Israel. They were no longer thankful. They went up to the high places. They married outside of their faith. They married outside of their people. And they began to go up to the high places and build altars. They didn't look back and remember the family of Achai, who went and took those images and the silver out of, Jer of Jericho and hid them in his tent. They didn't remember how Israel fell before that next army because of what he did. They didn't remember. And they didn't remember with thankfulness that after they had purged that out of their, out of their camp, that they began to move forward again and win over and over and over again. And then Joshua allowed sin in the camp again. And the people began to look at other things. You know, we've got to be careful. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We cannot mix, we cannot rely on happy for our joy. It's like I was saying, I could be happy one minute with something that's going on, but I could be sad the next. And if I base what I'm going to do on happy or sad, 
or believing that I can do this on my own, then I get myself in deep water. We as a body can do the same thing. We can be moved by emotions that quick. Wow, that was a great service. People were jumping and shouting. That was awesome. But what about the deep, somber moments? Have you ever noticed when, when um, I'm sure Joy will correct me on this someday, but <laughs> in praise, we have these high notes. You play them kind of on that end of the keyboard. They're light. They're giving praise, and we're just kind of joyous and happy, and we're doing all this. But when it comes time to worship, the keys move down. The sound gets deeper. It gets heavier. You get to that place where last night, last night was not a happy time. It was a joyful time. We were moving in, but it wasn't, it wasn't easy. I mean, praying in the spirit and believing and believing with the pastor as he's up there and he's just crying out to God and just praying those things out and the, and the things are coming forth. And we're, You know, you could sit in the back and say, when's this going to get over with? Come on, you know, I, kinda, I came here to get taught. I came here to get hands laid on me. I came here to receive from God. And there was things were being received right here. Oh, Lord, you messed with me last night. (laughs) (laughs) And people can get into a place of murmuring. Murmuring is not a good place to be. Joy is so much more than happiness. Praise and worship, that joy, that heaviness that plays in those lower keys and and you just feel that presence. And you just want to stay there. I could have stayed there last night. So Nehemiah 8.10 Then Ezra told them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet drink, and send portions to him who has nothing to do is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord, and be not grieved and depressed, for the joy of the Lord is your strength and stronghold. The joy of the Lord is our strength and stronghold. Father, I thank you. You know, if you, if you can't be thankful, you can't be joyous. I began to learn that. I began to learn that quite a while ago, is it, that if I'm not thankful, then I can't be joyous because I'm, if I'm unthankful, that means that I am greedy. I want more. Now, I am greedy. I want more of God. And that's a good thing. But being unthankful for what he has done and what he's going to do, that can get me into trouble. And then that joy that is the strength and stronghold goes away. So what happens if you don't have the joy of the Lord, if you're living an unthankful life? Then you're messing with your emotions. Every time something goes good or bad, you're going to be just like this. That's just what it's going to be like. 
Our lives are supposed to be like this. There's going to be bumps, but they're not huge because the joy of the Lord undergirds us and we understand where we're going. We're thankful for the things he's done. Hebrews 12.2 is in the Amplified. Hebrews 12.2. It says, looking away, excuse me, from all that will distract, excuse me, to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, excuse me, giving the first incentive for our belief, and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of attaining, obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, I'm going to tell you something you may disagree with me, but I can tell you right now, Jesus was not happy to go to the cross. Okay? That was not a happy thing for him. He sweat blood in the garden. He sat before the Father three times, and he says, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup be taken away from me. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. He wasn't happy. And I can guarantee you, when they had him wrapped up to that post and were whipping him, he was not happy. But the joy, the joy, God had set forth for him a bride. And he was getting prepared. He was willing to do anything for the bride, for the people. When they drove those nails into his heels and his hands. You know, people forget. They, sometimes they put Jesus in this place like he's just all God. Well, he was, but he was also all human. When he was working with his dad in the shop, I'll guarantee he probably got splinters. You can't work in wood without getting splinters. I'll bet he may have even hit his thumb with a hammer a time or two. That's pretty much guaranteed. Ooh. But see, he had to be tempted in all things as we are, and yet not sin. We, on the other hand, are in this place where if my thumb gets hit, I'm not happy for the rest of the day. Because every time I put another nail in, I'm going to hit that thumb again. I'll guarantee you. It's like a target. But we are in a place where we sometimes, we just get so moved by our emotions and our happiness about or our sadness or just, well, I don't care or I care too much. He said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the Christ despising and ignoring the shame and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He had the joy of the Lord was his strength to go through all that. And I'll guarantee you, folks, the joy of the Lord is enough to carry you through anything. It can carry me through anything. But without that joy, I have nothing. Now, Hebrews 3.12 This is, this is um, so Paul writing to the Hebrews, and they say there's no author, but they kind of think it was Paul. Writing to the Hebrews, he was writing to the Jews, and he was explaining some things out of the Old Testament into the New, and he was looking at 
the Israelite children in the desert, and he was looking, he was bringing these things forth to them. So Hebrews 3, 12 through 19, it says, take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, where does unbelief come from? Unthankfulness. You know, if I'm not thankful for the things God has done, I'm not going to remember them. As they came across the desert, they began to forget about the rock that poured out water. They began to forget about the manna. It says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You know, joy isn't hard. I think that's one of the things I found out. Joy is not hard. There's no hardness in it. It's soft. It's a landing place. I, I sometimes talk about having that. As a guy, with the way we think about things and deal with things, when we get home, it's like having that soft landing space. So when I come home, before I was home all the time, when, <laughs> when I'd come home from work, Luann was there, and there was that soft landing place. And we could talk, kind of get the day taken care of, and remember those things. I wouldn't be hardened. But you know, sometimes we, we get hardened through sin, and we forget. And that's the biggest thing, we forget. That's why we're supposed to exhort one another daily. You know, we should exhort each other daily. We should. We don't take the opportunity that often, I don't think, to sit down and just exhort. I honestly don't take that time to exhort my wife like I should. I like to think of myself as a good husband, but I know there's that's more I could do as far as exhorting her daily that she just thankful to God. Remember what God did for us. Remember how he brought us through here. Remember how we got our place. Remember how we prayed for things and they came to pass. That's my job. And then she comes back because my, she's my helpmate. She comes back, she says, yeah, I remember that. I remember how we prayed for land with trees on it. And we got a land with trees on it. I remember how we prayed for this and we got that. I remember how we prayed and we went through that time. Exhorting one another. Thankful for those things. It says, verse 14, it says, For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. You know, you can be provoked. You know, by almost anybody. I mean, I'm sorry, but I've provoked my wife. She's provoked me. And out of that was not a lot of happiness. <laughs> but I had to be careful, both of us had to be careful not to harden our hearts towards one another. You know, one of the biggest things, I think, in this world as far as family splitting and whatnot is a hardening of hearts and not forgiving. 
We don't have the joy. We're not thankful. So in verse 16, it says, For some, when they had heard, when they had heard, did provoke. Now, I don't have the scripture here, but I know it's right, it's in Exodus. I know when he looked back and he says, these people who provoked me these 40 times coming across that desert. 40 times they came across. I gave them water, I gave them food, I gave them quail. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their tents didn't wear out. They were protected from every enemy. And yet they provoked me. Don't provoke God. Don't be provoked. Remember his faithfulness. He says, how be it, verse 16 later says, how be it, not all that came out of Egypt, Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and whom he swore that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. Now, one of the things about unbelief, thankfulness builds your belief. It undergirds your belief. See, if I'm thankful for what God showed me in the Jews, and I see things happening today, I'll tell you what, if you don't look back at that and don't think we're about the same, Humans have not changed. We still have things that they did then we're doing today. But we have to be in that place that we are thankful. So being thankful, we have to remember. When we remember, that upholds our belief in what God said. You know, one of the things that I, I don't do as much as I should because, you know, when sickness comes on me, I sometimes I get a little complainy, a little whiny, and you don't have to say anything, Luann. <laughs> but I do get a little whiny and a little complainy, you know. I forget how that one meme said, you know, a man going through a cold is like a woman going through childbirth. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea, the idea is, when I'm going through a cold, why don't I say, you know, Father, I remember your fire coming down my arm. Yeah. I, Father, I remember you burning through this. And how as I became thankful, the healing was manifest. You know, we ha- every one of us in here has a story of where God has moved in their life in a special way. And the thing is, you and I forget to mention it. And then when the same thing crops up in a different fashion, wow, that's new. No, it's sickness and disease. Oh, that's new. No, that's poverty. You've been through that before. You don't think about that. We get focused in what this problem, how am I going to fix this? God, where are you? Well, Rick, back here when I gave you that job, that you were totally unqualified for. (laughs) You know? Well, God, if you can give me that, you can take care of me now. When I went into that job interview, 
there was 1,200 people applying for five positions at ExxonMobil. I took that first part of the test and I sat out in the lobby and here's these engineers, they're talking where they've had experience in this area and experience in that area. And I was sitting there and I was like, why am I even here? These guys have got so much over me. But you know, I said, you know, God is with me. So I went back in, excuse me, I took the last half of the test, excuse me, and about a week, two weeks later, I get a call. We'd like you to come in for an interview. Now I can talk, <laughs> so, so I kind of figured I'd ace that. But, <laughs> but I went in there for that interview with however many other people got a call. And then a few days later, I got a call that says, we'd like to offer you a job based on a physical and all of that. So five of us were hired. I was one of five. And I can remember this guy um, I went in to get my physical with. I remember him distinctly because we went in there and he was just saying, oh, man, I'm so excited. I have been looking for a job like this. I, I just can't seem to find work. I just, you know, but oh, I got this job. Well, when the day came that we went in for our orientation, he wasn't there. You know, and of course, this was before HIPAA, so, so you could tell people things. Um, come to find out when he went in for his physical and his blood test and everything, he'd been smoking pot. He didn't remember the sin of the past, so he did it again. And his joy was turned to sorrow. God wants us to succeed, but he wants us to remember. Remember your victories. I don't care how small they might seem. Remember them. Remember them. Be thankful for them. Let the joy of the Lord that is your strength build you up so that when the next thing comes on, you can say, I've been through that before. I've seen that. And my God was faithful then. He's faithful now. And he's going to be faithful in the future. And the joy of the Lord is going to be my strength. And I'm going to walk in the power of his might, not in mine. I'm going to walk in what he has for me, not in what I got for me. He is good. He is good. Oh, there's good things coming. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. I'm not going to do that one. <laughs> Glory to God. Father, we just give you thanks and praise this morning. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your joy that is our strength. Hallelujah, Father God. We give you glory. We thank you, Father, for all that you've done in this body, individually, corporately, which you've done in our country, Father God. We are not moved by what we see. Father God, we're moved by you who has moved mightily in our behalf in the past, 
You're doing it today. You're going to do it in the future. There is nothing, nothing that can overcome you. And there's nothing that can overcome of us because we are in you. And we are thankful for your blessings. We give you praise, Father God, this day in Jesus' name. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.